Welcome to Education, Leadership, and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. My name is Andrew Murata, host of the program, and it is show number 116. Happy to be back on with you. Happy to be a member of the Education Podcast Network. Uh, check out their website uh, and the great podcasts uh, located within that group. Uh, and again, shout out to Chris Nessie and the work he's doing with the Education Podcast Network. Uh, live on Voice Ed Radio uh, as well, and certainly here live on Facebook. We've mixed up the format a little bit, so if for some reason this isn't transmitting or isn't working, I'll send my apologize now, but uh, Be Live did upgrade, and uh, it's the first time I'm navigating through it. So if you're watching live, uh, leave us a comment. Let me see if it pops up here, um, and uh, and we'll go from there. So, But like I said, it's show number 116. And the title of the show is Letters of Leadership and Beyond with Stephen Broadwell. We're going to meet um, uh, Mr. Broadwell here in a moment. He's had an amazing career, an amazing uh, list of accomplishments, and just has done so many things. I'm so impressed, God, looking at like all the stuff that he's done. It's, it's, it's really very impressive. And Stephen, I, I can't wait to talk with you about it. Uh, but one of the interesting things that he's done is He's reached out to over 300 different people and, um, you know, written them letters, like old-fashioned, old-school letters. People say snail mail, right? Not emails, but he's wrote real letters to them, and he got so many back, right? I want to ask him the percentage of letters he's written versus he's returned, but it's just amazing um, things in the letters. He shared a few of them with me. John Wooden, Mac Brown wrote him back about secrets of success and coaching uh, and really just uh, amazing. So I got to thinking, like, what inspired him, right? What was that passion behind it? And then just kept rolling with it, right? He's a leader. He's led. He's been a school superintendent, you know. So I ask you, I ask our listening audience, what are your passions? What are some things that you're doing outside of school to help benefit you, to help benefit your your growth and your learning. Um, you know, I'm so happy to be able to write a blog and share and do this podcast and share. Um, but really, Stephen, it's I, I told him he's sitting on a gold mine of, of the information with the letters, and he's been so generous in sharing them out. We've talked about uh, the lessons that John Wooden has written on the in his letter on this program before. So that being said, I'm at Andrew Murata 21 on Twitter. If I can help you and 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 uh, in any way, we'll do that. But let's bring Stephen in on the stream here and uh, welcome him to the program. Stephen, it's giving us a rundown. And boom, there he is, Stephen Broadwell, everyone. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Stephen. Welcome to the program, and thank you so much for coming on. Absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah. Great to talk to you. We finally had a chance to meet you last summer up in Plattsburgh, New York, the North Country. Uh, and I appreciate you helping facilitate uh, getting me up there. Uh, what's the weather like in Plattsburgh today here in uh, February? Uh, I think we're about 12 degrees. On uh, Friday, it was minus 8. Yeah, 12 degrees is balmy. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Short weather. Stephen, uh, again, great to connect. And I shared a little bit about the letter writing. But before we get to the letter writing, uh, you know, you're a retired superintendent. You're a former principal, former athletic director and coach. Uh, give us a little bit about your background, and for those watching around the country, where exactly are you located? Well, right now I'm located in, in upstate New York, between Lake Placid and, and Montreal, Canada, right in right in the between there. Um, but I started out my career down in the southern tier, 
Um, so I taught phys ed and, and was a basketball coach, varsity basketball coach for six years in a couple different schools. Um, after that, at 28 years of age, I gained my uh, administrative degree and became an athletic director, director of health, phys ed and, and athletics. Um, was there and then I moved back to the North Country, had the opportunity to move back home. And again, assumed a, an athletic director's position here. And after about three or four years, um, uh, the high school principalship of the high school that I actually graduated from opened up. And I was lucky enough to, to become the high school principal at the school that I graduated from, yeah. which, which was interesting um, to go back. And I still had teacher. I was now supervising teachers that, that I had as, as a student. <laughs> that was sort of fun. And, yeah. You know, they were great teachers. So it was, a, it was a great experience to be able to do that. And then after six years there, uh, moved into a superintendency in a, in a small pre-K through 12 district, about 20 miles south of there. So okay. um, I've been in education for 34 years and um, had the opportunity to be involved in a lot of different aspects of it. Yeah. And Stephen, 28 years old, you got your administrative uh, degree. What led you at such a young age to say like, hey, I, I want to take the next step here in terms of leadership? You know, I had great mentors um, along the way and had the opportunity to, to be able to to talk with the, the high school principal of the school that I was at at the time, it was Oneonta City Schools, and uh, he shared a lot of his wisdom with me. Um, I was always in the athletic director's office. I, I was actually in the athletic director's office as a high school student. Um, so I got to see that that administrative capacity and the, what happened within those offices. Um, and, and people were just so generous to be able to share with, you know, I, I, first as a high school kid and then you know, as a, as a young educator going through the system. Yeah. Yeah. You have an opportunity to, you know, as, as you know, to uh, impact many more students, families, and, and really the community at large from an administrative role. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Stephen, you also served as president of the New York state public high school association. Like how did you get this all done? Like, how did you do it all? I, again, just being involved in athletics um, was a great experience coming from the coaching realm and then obviously from the administrative role, um, being involved in the, the New York State AAA, which then led to being involved in the Athletic Association and sitting on the Central Committee. Um, you know, the opportunities arose to become an administrator and, and a, um, a leader there. So I became an officer, spent years as an officer in that organization and you just get to be uh around such great people in athletics um so it, it's it's been fun yeah and and tell me along your journey being so closely connected to athletics you know i know there's a lot of comparisons in our roles as school leaders what were some things in your background from athletics coaching basketball playing basketball that you brought to the table as a school leader well, I think definitely the, the commitment that it takes um, both in athletics carries over into becoming an administrator, um, the dedication, the long hours, the teamwork that that happens associated with, you know, trying to, to move your your team as a, as a coach towards a goal. You're trying to move your team as teachers and a staff towards a, a common goal, which is basically helping, you know, all your students every day uh, on their mission. And you know you're involved with positive people, and and you make great connections along the way. So yeah. I think those things are all there. I think also as a as a coach, you learn 
to be, which helps you because as your administrator to be able to take some criticism. Um, that, that certainly occurs as, uh, at, you know, when you're a principal, when you're a superintendent, all the decisions you make, people aren't always happy with. So you, you get to develop some of that thick skin. You mean people weren't always happy with the decisions you make? Um, I, I, that is correct. I'm sure they're not all happy with yours, whether you were in the, in the high school or when you had the referee stripes on. Yeah. Um, and guys, if you're watching live, we hope this is streaming live. It certainly looks like it is. If you are watching, leave us a question or a comment. Uh, Stephen Broadwell is an extraordinary uh, leader. He's doing so many great things, and I'm, I'm happy to share. Uh, Stephen, we connected through the success hotline, Dr. Rob Gilbert. Uh, he was so uh, gracious to talk about me a little bit and recommend my book, and you went and purchased it and, and then reached out, right? And, and then here we are. How exactly. did you get connected with the Success Hotline and start start calling our friend, Dr. Ra? You know, I, it's been so long, I don't remember how I initially started, but I've been calling his hotline for probably 25 years. Yeah. So I go way back to when he first started the, I mean, I think he's been doing it for 28 years. Um, so I'm not sure where I heard it, but I've been calling ever since. Um, and then I listened to one of the podcasts that he had and or one of the calls, and he said uh, he recommended your book, and it was a, a money-back guarantee. <laughs> if you don't find this book inspirational and worthy, he will buy the book back from you. Wow. That before, so I had, to, I had to check it out. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It is. It's a great book, and, I, you know, I, I currently do some mentoring with some schools here. We actually used your book last year um, with the group that I was mentoring with, the administrative group that we were mentoring with, and that led to being able to bring you up and and be able to talk to all the administrators here as a summer retreat, which was great. And it was a, people loved it, loved having you here on site, loved hearing your message, loved hearing your energy. Um, so it was wonderful. And, you know, certainly appreciate you coming up to be able to do that for us. Yeah. Yeah. And certainly appreciated you uh, reaching out. That success hotline number, if you're not calling, uh, you don't have it yet. Dr. Rob Gilbert, 973-743-4690. 973-743-4690. Uh, again, and Stephen is one of the many uh, that's calling. Have you ever left him a message, Stephen? Have you ever you know, gotten in touch with him? Um, actually, I took your cue, which is something I've always wanted to do, is on my bucket list to be able to do, is, is to go down and meet him. So um, in October, I, I called him or written to him, I guess, first. I emailed him, and he said, yeah, I'd love to have you come in and sit in my classes. So I went down and spent the, the morning with him and, and went through three of his classes. Loved that I brought some of the letters with me and yeah. he was really impressed with the letters and actually shared the letters with his classes. And, um, so it was, you know, one of those dreams to be able to, to meet the person that was on the other end of that phone and that line for so many years. Um, but it was all because, that you know, you did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's interesting. I didn't know that, uh, that you had done that. That's fantastic. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, he is amazing. I mean, all the things that he's done and the stories that he shares with people um, are, are truly inspirational. Yeah. Well, and Stephen, you've done a lot of inspiring over your uh, time. You've implemented a lot of different ideas in schools and different things. Um, you know, you want to share some of those programs that you started in schools uh, that when you were the principal? Sure. Um, you know, one of the best things that we ever did is in, as a high school principal is we started a, a principal's breakfast. And basically, it was just an opportunity to reward some students and recognize students that may not always may not um, receive the recognition at the academic awards night, 
Um, and I put it out to our teachers and said, um, we're going to have coffee and donuts, invite parents in, and recognize one student in your class, and, and the teachers could choose any student they wanted for whatever reason they wanted to. And we asked this, the parents to come in a half hour early, served them just basically coffee, donuts, and the teachers, most of the teachers came in, um, read the, the whatever it was that they were being recognized, the students being recognized for. Some of it was just hard work. Some of it was because they were the, the top student in their class. Might have been because they were they were kind to somebody, and they recognized that they were helping somebody else out. Um, and, and truly, it was unbelievable the the success and the recognition that the students received, as well as the parents. Some of those kids had never been recognized for anything in their lives before through school. And um, I mean, I had parents crying sometimes when we gave them the award, and it was just a certificate. But they were able to stand up in front of their peers and be able to do that at you know quarter seven in the morning and um, truly unbelievable so if you if anybody's looking for something to do to recognize students that would be one of the, the an easy way to be able to do that and and it crossed all the lines i mean it was just wonderful to be able to do that yeah. uh, we had seniors there we had freshmen there that's fantastic and and what about uh second eyes what's that i know you have that written here second eyes <laughs> Yeah, as a superintendent, um, one of the things we wanted to do was to engage our community. So I, I went out and asked people within our community and in our local um, districts to be able to say, would you look at our seniors' college essays to be able to, our English teacher looks at them before they submit them, but would you be the second set of eyes so that before they send it to their college, they have some feedback? And again, it was incredible the, the reception I received from the, the people in the community. The students were now just were writing them with more of a purpose. So yeah. somebody else was going to read them. So it might have been the, the president of our hospital, uh, the president of our bank, uh, a variety of, of people within our community um, that would, we sent the letters out, received them back, the people had made comments on them. Uh, the people that were the former English teachers would would write them up with with you know red markers. <laughs> people would just make a comment saying you might want to include this, you might want to think about this. Yeah. And again, it was a great opportunity to engage our community, and our students felt um, had a different sense of of support when they were receiving the letters back. That's awesome. I think I might uh, take that and and use that. That's a great uh, that's a great thing. Stephen, you you really have a, a warmth about you, uh, a kindness, um, you know, and, and leadership in so many facets. And this is me looking from afar. Um, but one of the things I'm so like just really impressed with was this uh, the the letter writing and and what you've done here. Can you share the story of the the passion that you had about writing letters and connecting with people from around the globe? Yeah, I mean, it started out with with um, writing to John Wooden. I was obviously a basketball coach, and um, my one of the the, the uh, coaches that I was aware of said that he had written to Coach Wooden, got a letter back. Pretty neat. He had his address, um, so I wrote to him and and said, "Could you share your your wisdom, your success?" Um, and within two weeks, he wrote me back a three page handwritten letter. Um, which was just amazing. And this was back in, in 1989. And, you know, it was just incredible to be able to get that back, um, that connection with somebody that was certainly, you know, influential in my life as a, as a former basketball coach. 
Um, you know, and, and it was, he had uh, 14 ideas that he wrote back along with his pyramid of success that he uh, presented to me. So just the, the things that he talked about were stay in balance, physically, mentally, and emotionally was part of his letter. And then the last one was number 14, earn the right to respect mm. by being industrious, friendly, loyal, cooperative, courteous, courteous uh, enthusiastic, self-disciplined, clean, neat, and considerate of others. So um, best wishes for a successful season. Yeah. Earn the right. I love that. Exactly. Earn the right. Um, so from there, I thought, well, this is this is pretty cool. And I showed it to obviously my coach, my players, my assistant coaches, um, and then started putting them up on the wall in my offices. And it just it really wasn't didn't really start out as a huge project. It was like, OK, I'll write to some people and see how this goes. Yeah. You know, the more letters, you, you know, I started writing to people and they started writing back. And um, then I used to post them on my on my wall. So as, as the, the players were in there, um, the coaches were in there, they would sit down, read them. They'd be excited when one came in. And um, it's just sort of blossomed from there. So um, over the years, it's been about 30 years um, that I've been collecting them. And I have about 300 people that have written back over the, that time frame. Yeah. So how many letters would you say you've written if you received 300 back? How many would you say that you've written? Um, I probably have received 40% of them back over the years. And I, again, a lot of times I didn't pay for postage. People were paying for postage to send it back to me. Yeah. I always send a self-addressed stamped envelope. It was, it was just, you know, here's what it is. And, and of course this was long before email um, was out and that was a form of communication. Yeah. The handwritten letters. That's amazing. Uh, and again, right, that the, the Dr. Rob Gilbert about keeping rolling and not the amount of times that you fail. So if you didn't get 60% back, but you still got, you know, 40% back and you have over 300 letters um, and you've been so gracious to share them. Um, what were some other highlights? What were some other ones that really like impacted you? Um, you know, the one from that I received from Bruce Jenner in, in 1994. Um, was was amazing when you look at it now yeah was obviously you know the, the world decathlon championship or decathlon champion um in the olympics and now is is caitlin jenner um but the, the letter that was uh, that i received in 94 said success is not measured by heights attained but by obstacles overcome that means everyone has great potential to be successful and then the, the last the last paragraph was my advice to all children is to go out and make a place, your place in this world. There is a place for all of us. I just wondered if that was insightful on his end, um, you know, back how many years ago? Mm. Interesting. I mean, you have some heavy hitters here, too. You have Muhammad Ali, uh, Jerry Jones, right? Jack Welch, like. Jimmy Carter, like this is unbelievable that, uh, you know, you got a letter back from Jimmy Carter. Yeah. Um, so Jimmy Carter's letter wrote, he said, um, my favorite high school teacher taught us to accommodate changing times, but cling to unchanging principles. Wow. That's a great quote. That's what he wrote back. Yeah. You know, John Glenn was a, a U.S. Senator, um, from Ohio, but he was the first American to orbit the earth. 
And he wrote back, I encourage you as you as young students, always keep your aspirations high and to work towards making your dreams reality. And that was in, in 1994. How do you, how'd you decide who to send a letter to? Um, it just would, you know, I'd be reading something or seeing something on TV and, and said, oh, that would be neat. I wonder if he would, if he or she would be able to write back. And, and you know, you used to research the, the address. I used to have address books. You used to have to go to the, the Barnes and Noble um, and buy a, an address book and you'd sort through the addresses and see if you could find the address for somebody long before the internet was there. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, write them down and see if you could get them. You know, John Calipari was, uh, you know, the basketball coach at the University of Kentucky. I wrote to him in 1993. He was at, the, at UMass as the basketball coach. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, do the best you can do right by others and do what is right. And that was his message to, to our, uh, our basketball program at the time. Some people say he doesn't do what's right all the time. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes you need to follow what you write, but you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, a Supreme court justice wrote aspire and work hard to achieve your aspirations and leave tracks just as others have been um, been the way way pavers for your good fortune, so you should aid those who follow in your way. Yeah, and you're doing that now by sharing these out, and like our friend Dr. Rob Gilbert says, right? Success leaves clues. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know that the the movie Catch Me If You Can was made after a real life person. Um, his name is Frank Abigail. So I I happen to see you know the he lives in, um, he works out of Washington, but I saw it and I thought, I wonder if I could find him. And sure enough, he has a, an office on Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington. So I wrote to him and he wrote back a, a two page letter. Um, I think Leonardo Caprio played him in the movie and uh, Tom Hanks was in the movie as well. Yeah. So, you know, he talked about how, how much family is important and is an important thing in his life. And, and he talked about the greatest advice I can pass on to young people is that people will tell, tell you that life is short. However, in reality, life is very long. When an individual makes a mistake in their life, cheats someone or deceives someone, bullies someone, this will come back and haunt you later in life and create a tremendous burden in your future happiness. And you shared that letter with me, and I love that movie. I thought Leah did a great job. But I was also fascinated, right, as us as school leaders, how he talked about second chances and how grateful he was to the United States government that they gave him a second chance. They didn't just bury him in prison, but they gave him a second chance and he wanted to make good on that second chance. Correct. Yeah. It was really nice. Yeah. Um, Keep, keep going. I love it. I, I'm, I, I know I have the list here. You got Bill Belichick, uh, Alan Alda, Jim Craig, who was the goalie for the Miracle on Ice. <laughs> yeah, Bill, Bill Belichick, obviously the coach from the, the Patriots, um, wrote that I truly believe that because I get so much enjoyment from coaching, it never feels like work, and I'm motivated to take on all the challenges that come with it. Um, selecting and surrounding yourself by such capable people has been an important and invaluable part of my life and has made um, us successful. Again, surrounding yourself by good people and um, and, and Stephen, do you handwrite the letters yourself uh, with the hope that you're going to get a handwritten letter back? No, I, I mean, I type them. Um, 
Okay. They're all addressed to the, to the individual person. Yeah. And, you know, I hand write out the envelope so it looks, you know, that it's official, that it's a handwritten letter. Yeah. And yeah. They send, do they send, obviously they're signing the letter, but are they sending like autographed pictures and stuff too? Like, do. Yeah. Some have sent books. Um, Charleston Heston sent me his book. Uh, <laughs> the CEO of Domino's Pizza sent me free pizza coupons um, <laughs> you know, 25 years ago. But um, yeah, a lot of them will just, you know, they'll, a lot of them, their office people will cite, they will type the letters and they'll sign them. Yeah. Um, some have written handwritten letters. The one from Jim Craig, actually, they're celebrating the, the I think it's the 40th anniversary of the Miracle on Ice. So Jim Craig was the goalie for the U.S. Olympic hockey team. Um, and, you know, he just talks about the biggest key to success is your dreams. And how, you know, apropos for um, the U.S. hockey team to be talking about dreams and the miracle on ice. Yeah. And, Stephen, let me, let me ask you again where you're located in the country. Um, was that something that you had a chance to go to or be involved in uh, when they were up there? You know, I never went to the Olympics, but there was certainly a, a great deal of excitement around it. Um, and then Montreal hosted the Olympics as well, the Summer Olympics. So we had a lot of the people training and practicing here um, before the Olympics were here. And that's where I actually met Bruce Jenner. Um, he was at a basketball game when the U.S. team played here at, uh, at Plattsburgh State. Oh, okay. Yeah, right in your backyard. Absolutely. Yeah. So. It's amazing. Stephen, did another thing you've done, right, is the, the Friday quotes, right, the, the great quotes did did you um, take some of these from the letters that you did some of your Friday quotes? Some of them, some of them will come from. So every for about twenty years, every Friday I send out a quote of the week. Um, I used to start it out with my staff just to give them some inspiration for, at the end of the week and to, for the weekend. Um, and it's it's gone to two different schools now. When I moved schools, I started it up at the new school, and, and then other people have asked to join in, and I've sent out the quotes and. Um, so about 6.45 every Friday morning, um, the quote goes out. So some of them will come from these letters. And then yeah. whether it's you're watching TV, you're reading a book, you're seeing a magazine, you see it online. So oh, that might be that might be a good one to be able to put in there. And Stephen, what do you hope to come from all these letters? I mean, it's it's amazing what you've amassed there. But what's your hope looking back on, on what you've done here and, and what can you do with them? Well, uh, you know, first I, I just enjoy sharing with people um, just as I receive them. And then the, the ultimate goal is to be able to write a book and publish them so that more people have an opportunity to see them. Yeah. So that's the, the future down the road is to be able to compile them. And, um, you know, I've got them, I've scanned them all. They're, they're all on a drive now and um, perhaps put something together. And yeah. some of the quotes along with some of the letters and maybe it'll be a, you know, a motivational book that people might enjoy. Yeah, it's it's amazing, really, what you've done, and and, and just fantastic. Look, looking back uh, on that, Stephen, you're in your second full year of retirement. You're still working with a local uh, Rick up there in your area. You know, looking back on on what certainly seems to be a very successful career. You know, what are some things that really that you're so pleased with? And then the second question is. If you could go back and change anything or add anything, what would have been something that, that you would have done? Um, I think the successes of the, the people that we were able to hire in the, in the places I was uh, associated with, 
I mean, the, the number one, the most important thing I think is an administrator is to be able to hire good people to work with the students mm -hmm. on a basis. And I think we were able to do that um, in, in all those places that we were, we had some very, very good people working with our students. Yeah. I think that's probably the, the legacy that, that any administrator can leave is, is making sure that you hire great people. Yeah. It's like a marriage. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm not sure I change anything um, going back. Uh, you know, you, you always go forward. I never look backwards in my life. Um, I always go forward and say, what's next? And what's the next thing that's on the agenda? So uh, it, it's been a great ride. I've enjoyed every opportunity, I've had every stepping stone as I've gone through the process, the educational process of my career. And um, just looking to, to for, you know, what's tomorrow going to bring and what's next week going to bring and what's next year look like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'm very curious about the book. I would love to, uh, you know, get, get you hooked up with someone because it really uh, is fascinating. And, and again, Frank Abagnale, right? You would think that this guy, you know, was like ripping people off and, and now he turned his life around. But you wrote to him, you reached out to him and he wrote back. Like, it's it's amazing. It's fantastic, you know, and, and really just I, I, I really think it's a great idea uh, and really could could help benefit a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's been fun. You know, I, recently I just sent you a letter today that I just received um, yesterday from, from Bruce Kittle, and and Bruce Kittle, most people probably do not know who that is, but it's it's actually the dad of, of George Kittle, who's the tight end for the uh, San Francisco 49ers. And I saw an article on an, uh, a clip on ESPN about George Kittle writing his son before every football game when he was in college. And then now when he's with the 49ers and his son reads the letter before every game, and it's a motivational letter. I thought that would be great to get a letter from, you know, George Kittle's dad. I wonder what he's going to say. Yeah. So literally I just got the letter back um, and sent it out and, it's, and it was wonderful. And, and the highlights of it were surround yourself with good people. <clears throat> Friends are like elevators and they either take you up or they take you down. Talks about setting goals and, and having action steps. Um, and his th third one was don't listen to the crowd or naysayers. Um, you know, be smart, but take some chances. And I just thought it was a, a well-written letter. Um, and his was a handwritten. It was. That was. Yeah. Hold that up a little bit. Hold that up that he wrote you a handwritten letter. So I, I, this one is the copy of it because I could highlight it. But yeah, that's, that's basically what it looks like. And you saw it on ESPN and you acted upon it. Absolutely. Um, you know, the other one, if you, which was, which was I, I enjoyed very much, was William McRaven. He was a four-star admiral in the service. Um, and then he became the chancellor at the University of Texas. <clears throat> and if you've, have you not, if you've not seen it, Google um, UT Austin's 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible, the speech yeah. that he gave. And again, he just, he wrote back um, his 10 points of his speech that were inclusive of that. And, and you know, it looks like, like this. Yeah. It already starts out, if you want to change the world, start by making your bed. And he wrote the book, Make Your Bed, right? Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, that's a, and it's a small little read, but it's powerful. Great read. And it's a, it's a great video to be able to watch. Um, Jerry Jones, the owner of the, the Cowboys, wrote back and said, there's no substitute for preparation and hard work. 
Surround yourself with the best people and let them do their jobs. But as the person who's ultimately in charge, don't ever lose touch with keeping your hand and your eye on what's going on in every phase of the operation. <laughs> Jerry's involved. Jerry Jones to the to the team. Yeah, absolutely. He's involved. That's fantastic. Uh, Stephen, this is great. I, I really, uh, you've inspired me. I've had a chance to meet so many great people uh, on this journey of the podcast and the speaking. And uh, you've been nothing but gracious and, and kind and really a role model uh, trying to help other educators out there. One last question, and then we'll get to rapid fire. Tell me in this role of mentoring now, there's a number of new administrators up in your area and you, you really, you know, you're doing that. Tell me, what are some of the things that you're, you know, looking to import on these, uh, these you know, newer leaders? And what are some areas that you think that they're, they need, like as things that they're, they're soaking up? What are those areas that they're, they need? I think the number one thing is just being able to talk having somebody to express their, their frustrations with, their concerns with, their ideas with. Um, and I can do it from an opportunity of, of not, being, not being their boss, not being their superintendent. Um, they can bounce ideas off and I, and I have the opportunity to just dialogue with them and have that, those educational conversations um, and say, yeah, you might want to try it this way or have you thought about this? Or, um, so I think that's one of the benefits of, of having that mentoring shift of, of somebody that's not involved um, directly with them as their immediate supervisor. So that's been positive. From a more global perspective, um, when I look back on, on education and, and, and reflect positive, you know, forward, there's a thing that I heard somewhere was just, it's called just in time versus just in case learning. And, you know, I look at it and when, when we were in school, we learned everything just in case we needed it. Mm. And, and now with technology, we're learn, we can learn things just in time, when we need to learn it. If you need how to know how to change a tire, you can YouTube it and know, learn how to change a tire. Everything, almost everything is on YouTube to be able to do that. So I'm you know, looking to say, how do we change some of the paradigm in education to this just in time learning aspect, as opposed to just in case learning? And is there a way to be able to, to just modify and tweak that a little bit? Um, can you have an innovation class? And there's a, there's a gentleman, a, a, a teacher in Indiana by the name of Don Wetrick, who has a, a podcast as well. Um, and he talks about having seekers and peekers versus moaners and groaners. So, you know, looking for problems and then looking for the solutions associated with them. And can you engage students that way in the classroom. And, and I, you know, again, I like the way he phrased it. And he was a middle school teacher and, and, and had this innovation class. And, you know, can you do some different things associated with how you, how you teach kids in this day and age, knowing that technology is everywhere? And engage that technology and embrace it in the classroom. Yeah, yeah. An example is, which, you know, can you have, instead of teaching French and Spanish and, and you know, Mandarin and all the languages that we teach, can we teach language technology? You know, so that we're leveraging the technology to function with all the languages, you know, whether it be a Google Translate or, or some other type of technology so that we can level the playing field for all of our students as they travel around the world. 
Yeah. And, and can we, you know, can our teachers then be, use that type of aspect in their classrooms? You know, it's so interesting to hear you say this. I was in Walmart over the weekend, you know, and you hear that, right? Are we training kids? Are we teaching kids for the jobs that they're going to have? You know, and right, there's there's custodial workers, there's maintenance workers, there's things like that. And then I turned down the aisle, and there's a robot going down the aisle, cleaning the aisle, like the automatic carpet cleaner. And here it was in Walmart. And I said, you know, we were going to have students that may or may not have worked in Walmart, but look at that. Here's a, another job that's being done by a robot. Sure. You know, and, and education, well, actually, our whole world is becoming more personalized. Um, when, when you and I were growing up, you know, we used to call places. Now we call people. Um, so can we do that more of that, even more of that in education? Can we personalize the education for the students? You know, today's, you know, students are, are media and, and content consumers. And how do we embrace that so that we can infuse that within our classrooms? What a great message, Stephen. We have a couple rapid fires here we're going to get to, uh, and then we're going to keep rolling. Um, I would challenge you to, to, to get that, that book because uh, it's a, it's a, it's a goldmine. Start tomorrow um, because you really have done amazing work, and I think people would have a lot to learn from that. Uh, so thank you for sharing that story. Uh, what are you reading right now? What's the book you're reading right now? Um, I just finished Bob Igor's book, which is The Ride of a Lifetime. He's the CEO of Disney. Wow. Great book. Good read. Okay. Last movie you saw? You know, I don't really go to movies, um, but if I if I had one to recommend, it was it's an old movie called Brian's Song. Um, okay. The story of Gail Sayers and Brian Piccolo, Chicago Bears. Yeah. And he, he became ill, right? He yeah, Brian Pickle died of cancer. And if you don't yeah. at the end of that, you have no heart. <laughs> great story. Best purchase under a hundred bucks uh, that's impacted your life. Um, Audible. Spent a lot of time in a car, so Audible is a great purchase. I think it's $14.95 um, per month, and, and you just get the opportunity to listen to books um, you know, as you're traveling. Absolutely. Uh, favorite place to travel. Charleston, South Carolina. Just came back from there. Yeah. Great it, food, great Southern hospitality. The battery, right? That area, the colors. Yeah. Yep. Wonderful. We, uh, I, I, I'm not a big drinker here, but I, I had a, a, a drink there, a Moscow mule, yeah. um, the rare bit. They make an amazing mule there in Charleston. I'm not sure if you tasted it out, but it was great. Yeah. I haven't had that, but it's, it's a great place to be. Okay. Um, Life in the North Country, you know, top two or three things about living in that area. Um, there's no traffic. Uh, so that's wonderful. And, and just, you know, the, the people up here, everybody becomes family. And, and it's nice that anybody, if you need something, somebody's there to help you. Yeah. And and the access to, to Canada and being so close to Montreal? It's, it's easy. I mean, we're, you know, at 30, well, probably 35 minutes to the border, um, yeah. Canada. Obviously, you have to have your passport to be able to get over. But, um, you know, and then you have an international city really within um, an hour from here. Mm -hmm. uh, the title, uh, what would be the title of the book? Um, success Letters from from around the country, the good guys write back. Um, 
I'm not sure. Yeah, I like the good guys right back. And I named the show Letters of Leadership. So we'll That's see. Letters of Leadership. Yeah. And what will be your next letter? I'm not sure. You know, you never know where you're going to get the inspiration for um, seeing where, where you're going to write the next one. And that's sort of the fun of it. Um, you know, the part of the journey is tonight when you're watching the news, it might come to you and say, oh, that might be a good letter to be able to, to jot out to somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, again, if someone's watching and they want to reach out to you, how could they do that, Stephen? What would be the best way for people to get in touch uh, with you? My email is, is sbroadwell at stephenbroadwell.net. Okay. I'm going to cue this music up. Stephen, you had a lot to offer. You have a, a lot there. Um, you know, is there a favorite quote? Is there a, a life mantra? Is there a manifesto that you say, this is my my thing. What You want to leave us with a quote here? Or you want to just pick one that, that you like? You know, I, I thought about that. And, and um, Larry Winget had a, wrote a book. I read his book. And, and in his book, um, the quote was, at the end of the day, if you smiled more than you frowned, laughed more than you cried, told your family and friends that you loved them, and had a good time doing what you do for a living, then it was a good day. Go to bed and say thanks. Well, that's a complete uh, quote right there. How about that? Larry Wingate is who? Um, he's just a motivational speaker. And he had a couple books, um, happened to read it and saw that quote out of it. And, and that was one of the Friday quotes of the, the week years ago. It's like the Jim Valvano quote, right? Yeah. It's very close to that. Yeah. Well, I want to cue this up, Stephen. Uh, this has been great. Uh, this is Stephen Broadwell. Uh, again, what a great thing, writing those letters and sharing them. Uh, Stephen, thank you so much for coming on the program. My pleasure. Thank you. All right. This is uh, Education Leadership and Beyond, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. We're going to sign off here. Uh, I'm at Andrew Murata 21 if I can help you in any way. Uh, Stephen, we'll be in touch, my friend. Thanks. All right.